everyone. Welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is episode 29 on August 12th, 2020. I am Sarah and I'm here with Tyler. How's it going? Very good, thanks. How are you? I am pretty good this week. We we failed our Ghibli quest this week. We did, but we have been watching something else in the meantime. Oh, and playing something else. Yeah, so we've actually had a pretty productive week. We yeah. will definitely watch another Ghibli this weekend. For for, for next week, we'll have a, a movie to talk about. Yes, yeah. but I think something else took our time. You're right. <laughs> It has been a bit of a busy week, you're right. So... Where do you want to begin? Where do we begin? Uh, well, I mean, I guess we can kind of talk about why I guess we didn't watch a Ghibli film this week. Um, we... Uh, well, I, I guess I should say I made the decision to um, ask you if you wanted to rewatch a, a first watch for me, but it would be obviously a rewatch, a multiple rewatch for you. You've probably seen it many, many times. But uh, for me, I'd never seen it. Uh, and I know they had all the seasons on Netflix is uh, Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I binged it last year <laughs> in right. like two months. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we're not going to be binging it that quickly this here. This like my fifth watch probably of the series. Yeah, my first real exposure to it. Like, I'm aware of the character names and... Well, you can't really talk about it enough. Yeah, but I mean, I've probably seen a couple episodes here and there. I don't really know a lot about the show other than the, the very basic premise of like the family dynamic. But... Yeah, I mean, we're only a couple episodes in so far, but I really like it. I think, uh, I mean, I've always heard that one of the things it's revered for is, you know, the dialogue mm-hmm. it is very quick, very fast paced, very quippy, a lot of inside jokes, you know, yes. references. Um, but yeah, so far, like, even like all the side characters seem interesting. Emily's best character. <laughs> Emily Gilmore, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. I, I, I don't know, I was a little skeptical maybe when I saw that, like, I don't know if every season is like this, but at least season one is like 21 episodes or something. It gets longer. There's like oh my 24. Goodness. Cause I, I, again, I don't know. I just seem like that's like that many episodes in a, in a, in a drama series. To you got to fit a whole school year in there. I get it. Like when I think of see like series that have that many episodes, I think of, you know, when you think of stuff like ER, person of interest, those kind of make sense. You can do like a different thing every week, like a different sort of case, a different, uh, like Grey's Anatomy has the exact same format. Yeah, but again, it's a medical show. A lot of medical shows have multiple episodes because you can just do something different every episode. And then you still have interweaving, you know, story arcs. Whereas the Gilmore Girls, you know, it's, it's a dramatic series about a family mostly. So it's There's like how, not, many, okay. how many things can they talk about in 21 episodes? I watched a ton of Gilmore episodes. Girls and I watched a ton of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. Grey's Anatomy has filler episodes. Yeah. Gilmore Girls has none. No filler. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I, just, I, I saw that initially and I, I was thinking maybe like 14, 15 episodes. No. I got to like 21 or 22. I was like, wow, okay. And they're not like half hour episodes either, right? They're a little nope. longer. So, but there's yeah. lots to talk about very fast. What's that? There's a lot yeah. to talk about. Oh, very yes, fast. that's true. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, we've uh, started watching that. Uh, we, oh yeah, and then we've also um, we have sort of spent the last at least what three or four days. I mean, weren't that four or five I think days? It was Saturday we started. It was Saturday we started playing it. So three three days playing uh, Fall Guys. Yeah, the new, the Fall Guys. The new phenomenon that's... I mean, I think I just saw on Twitter earlier that it's got like 8 million, 8 million people have already downloaded on PS4. It's free for PS Plus members. Yeah. Go, go, go. But it's also sold... I think it sold 2 million copies on Steam like yeah. on PC, so it's actually selling as well. It's not yeah. only being a free-to-play, but... So, you want, you want to give a brief description of the game, I guess, for someone who doesn't uh, know what we're talking about? I would yeah. say Wipeout, the video game, with cute little... I don't even know what to call them. Like characters you can dress up and level up and play mini games with, but like as a battle royale, like sixty people per match. How many different? How many different? Um, including like the team games, how many different mini games are actually in the like? I don't know, like fifteen ish. I was gonna say fifteen or sixteen, yeah. Yeah, because like you, there's about five rounds every every time you play it. If so you, you make start it out. Far. You start. Like, a full lobby would start out with sixty players. Yes. 
And then yeah, so your the first the first uh, mini game you play is usually pretty basic. It knocks out a quarter of the people. Yeah, but it's gonna knock out a yeah a portion of the uh, player base, and then the remaining people go on to the exit. Some games are team based. Yep. Uh, some are, are uh, like some are some, some are races like literally like race from point A to point B with yeah. obstacles in between. Some are a survival thing where it's you know trying to avoid getting knocked off a platform or falling off a rolling thing for a while. Or keeping your tail the whole game. <laughs> yeah, like team games where you have to like chase and, and like, almost like capture the flag type thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the final rounds are depending on how many players are left over. I guess it could be a a, a different mini game where it's whether it's suited for five players. Again, it's weird. Like the most I've seen. A final round B is like eighteen or nineteen people. I know. I yeah. I saw a hexagon. And some are like many. five players. Yeah. So it's yeah. It all depends. It's different on, every time. Yeah, exactly. It's but it's fine. If it's, you get what slime, slime climb, yeah. then you end up with like five players. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All the time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cute. So I mean, they're they're labeling, labeling this as season one. So obviously they they plan to support it for a while if it takes off, which it seems like it has. If, if it has, the, I've heard the, that a lot of like other companies want product placement in it. Mm, I can see that. And they're already saying that they're patching in like new mini games soon. Yeah, update it, so that's good. That's good because no yeah. more tail, please. But I love it. Like I just love how easy it is to quickly jump in. Yep. Doesn't matter your skill level because our six-year-old plays it, loves mm-hmm. it. Doesn't matter how far he gets, he just restarts after if he falls off, and yeah. we can easily play multiplayer with him. So he loves it. We love like just playing against each other. Like I think it's great for everybody. Yeah. yeah, it was a pleasant surprise this weekend. Like I said, I knew nothing about it other than seeing it blowing up on my social yeah. media. I'm like, what is this thing everybody's talking about? And then, and then yeah, you, you, play, on... you played it first, and then I yeah. watched you play it for a bit. I'm like, oh, this looks kind of fun. So then I downloaded it, and I'm like, all right, yeah. Then, yeah that's all Lucas wants to watch on Twitch now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, other than that... Uh, Your Apex update came out. Well, the new yeah the the new event started yesterday, um, which is which is okay. Like I said, it's, it's, it's not a new event. It's been done before. They just yeah. kind of tweaked the formula a bit. It's only going to be around for a week because the new... I mean, we're looking forward to the new season starting next Tuesday, uh, season six. Mm-hmm. And they've already put out a trailer. They teased a new character. Uh, it's another female character. I think the name was Rampart. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like she has some cool abilities. And uh, what else? New gun. Obviously, new battle pass. All new loot. All new, what do you call it, skins and stuff to unlock. Um, but they haven't clarified yet if there's any map changes, but I think there is going to be some map changes. Not a new map, per se. But I think they're changing the World's Edge map again. Yeah. Supposed to, I mean, you know, more pay effects is always good, you know. Uh, it's season six now. It's like it's been out for a year and a half. People kind of know what to expect at this point, right? Um, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to... I'm obviously still playing MLB. They put out a huge update last... Was it last Friday? A huge... Um, like, a, like a single-player sort of update because you, you don't need to play like ranked or battle royale or, any, or showdown or any of those modes. It's just strictly like a... Uh, it's a diamond dynasty mode. Obviously, you use your your existing team, your roster, but you're just playing against sort of like all star teams. So what? And so you play basically every team in the league. So Baltimore all the way down to Washington. Everyone alphabetically. Um, Wouldn't Arizona be before? Baltimore? Oh, what am I talking about? Yeah, Jesus. I'm, I think I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I think an American league. I think Baltimore is the. Oh, wait, Ameri- but, Arizona um, no, you're right. I, uh, yeah, Arizona would be alphabetically the first. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. All, you play all thirty teams. Uh, they're all-star teams, like all their their all-time greats and current players. They just put together, like this, the devs put together this roster. So you only play like three inning games on all-star difficulty, and uh, along the way you're unlocking you know packs and stubs and like cool like like awesome like uh, what do you call it like elite players, you know like like uh, cards you need the cards you need to collect to get the new trope card basically. Oh, who <laughs> the, doesn't want a new trope exactly. card? Exactly. 
kind of the big prize at the end of this collection. I, I think if going along the way, you get like a, an Evan Longoria, you get a Trevor Hoffman, a uh, Tom Seaver, and the big prize is a 99 Babe Ruth at the end of it. Ooh. Which is a yeah, pretty good card. Ke- Kevin unlocked it the other oh, day. Wow. I was watching him use the card. Card looks pretty good. <laughs> I mean, as you would I'd expect. Hope so. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that was good. Good update. And like I said, and then obviously, um, season. Let's see. I want to say season. The seventh inning program starts this Friday. I'm getting close to the end. Yeah. Uh, but if it's anything like last year, like they'll yeah they'll do up to their nine inning. They'll do their ninth inning program. And then after that, I think they they still support it. Like over the winter, everything they always come out with these extreme moments and stuff, or like an extreme conquest map. And they can do playoffs too if they wanted. Yeah, to. Yeah, they could do some stuff, but. Uh, but yeah, so the, uh, the the seventh inning bosses, you know, the three guys you can always unlock mm. in each inning. They'll be revealed tomorrow. Live stream, I think, is at 6 p.m. Eastern. You would know. Yeah. Well, I guess all my Twitter feed. Um, yeah. So, of course, you know, I'm always looking forward to more of that content. I am, what am I currently at? I'm trying to remember. Diamond 56. What was your goal? 70? Or no, you, yeah. I have to go back and I didn't I write it. I wrote it down. <laughs> Did you write it down? Okay, good. Um, well, apparently, if you do these. The thing I just referenced, that Babe Ruth program, they play all the teams on Ulster every year. Apparently, you get a ton of XP. for Like some people uh, said, they go up like 20, 30 like, levels just for smokes. doing this program. So if I finish this thing by the end of the month, I could probably be almost at prestige by... Then you can go back to Last of Us and Assassin's Creed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You don't need that new Apex season. Mm, yeah, I do. But ah! <laughs> you're right. Uh, you been playing anything else? Uh, uh, well, or... Final Fantasy XIV oh, right. uh, had their big patch where they kind of streamlined the first part of the game plus the first expansion heavensward and they also changed their free-to-play structure where now i think you can play level 60 for free so that's pretty awesome uh there's like some stipulations where you can't be part of a party that you make like with your friends and no raiding and stuff like that but uh me i'm more of a solo player anyways so i i have bought the game in a pat in the past so I had to make a new account and uh, do the free stuff, but it is so fun to go back to. It's like a warm blanket to me. It's 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 nice to get back into something like that after playing Animal Crossing for months on end. That's all I've been doing, uh, and now Fall Guys and Final Fantasy XIV feel pretty wonderful. So it's just nice to be back. I haven't seen any of the changes yet that they've made uh, as a squish for making it more concise, but uh, I'm sure I'll find it up soon as I level up. But yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I guess that's everything we've pretty much been up to last week or so. I do think this is going to be a shorter podcast tonight, and I know Sarah wants to get the editing done afterwards, so I probably <laughs> won't be rambling on for half an hour tonight. I, I had a, a topic in mind, um, but I'm not going to go all in on it tonight. I'm probably going to pick one or two things off the list to discuss tonight, and we'll, we'll leave it as an ongoing sort of topic. It is something I really want to dive into in detail, but because um, it's a very... It's a topic I could talk about for I could probably each of the movies on my list I could probably talk about for the entirety of these podcasts. In detail, I believe right, you. so but <laughs> I won't do that obviously. Uh, so oh shucks. Uh, yeah, so what we're gonna talk about tonight? This is actually is probably gonna be a list in progress because I I had about probably twenty movies on this list. I narrowed it down to like ten, and then I think I narrowed it down to eight after that. But again, just because I'm trying to not, I'm trying to make this a very concise list. I'm not trying to overblow it. I, without Bloated. burying the lead, I guess, here. The, the topic here is going to be my favorite movie endings. With so. no spoilers? Or spoilers? So uh, well, we can go either way on it. Um, if you want, I could just give you the list tonight mm. and then uh, go into detail next time on a couple of the movies. Fair. You know? I won't, yeah, because yeah, to, to avoid spoilers, I would just say, uh, 
Uh, obviously, when we well, talk about it in more detail. 15, and then you can talk about... Well, I don't have the 15 list on uh, right now. I only have my 8 list. But, yeah. I'll just give you the list for now. And maybe I'll talk about one tonight. And I'll obviously put a spoiler tag on it so everybody knows. I mean, again, these, these movies are very recent. <laughs> I think the most recent one on this list is probably... Well, I mean, the most recent one is 2016. But most of them are, like, over a decade old. So You're saying we don't make good endings anymore? No, I just... These are just the ones that stand out to me. I'm like, like, I didn't even need to, like, look at my my list or my movie wall when I came up with the, when I came up with these movies I was at work and I was just like, on top of my head I'm thinking okay what are my favorite movie endings and I just made a quick list down and I'm like yeah these ones for sure always pop into my head as the ones that will always stick in my head like even though I've seen them like 15-20 years ago or whatever right so um alright well in, in no particular order here I didn't rank them or anything here so uh my list of movies with amazing endings are um The Mist you know, the, okay, yeah, yeah the, the Stephen King one? The based on the Stephen King book, yeah. Frank Darabont, he directed it. I just remember the cor- the um, the CG being bad. Yeah, the CG wasn't great in that film, but... Um, the yeah. story was okay. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, again, really overall, it's not like an A movie or anything. Like, it's not an amazing movie, but the ending really just... Stuck it. Stuck, oh, yeah. that, oh, I remember that ending. Yeah, oh, we're, not going, okay. we're not going to spoilers right. now, but let, sure let's, let's, just say, let's just say anybody who's read the book... It's a very different ending from the book. Right. And Stephen King even on the record went on the record and said that he loves the movie ending. Yeah, you've said and most that authors don't like that. I have said that before, but yeah. Um, but I won't go into spoilers as to why the ending is so great. If anybody's, I think the movie came out in like 2007. Yeah, sounds about yeah, right. I yeah, together, so yeah. So again, you may have already seen it before. If you haven't, I mean, I recommend give it a shot. Um, I'm not. I can't. I can't guarantee it's on Netflix or anything. Yeah, I off top of my head, there. but. Uh, next one on my list, definitely a. This was oh my goodness, 2004, I think. I want to say 2004. Uh, Collateral. Tom Cruise. Ending. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I see that. You can see that. Yeah, that one I could talk about for. There's so much. I remember seeing that movie in theaters, loving it. Obviously, bought it on Blu-ray or whatever. Loved it. And I, but when I I got around to watching the special features, like the director's commentary and everything with Michael Mann, and there's like so much more that went into the ending than I thought like so much symbolism and just like things that they mm. do the cinematography and I'm like I love stuff like that where it's like on the surface it's an amazing ending even just watching it for the first time in a theater and then you really dive into it there's just so much more going on than you right. realize right I love stuff like that um, next one would be this would be one of the more recent ones. I think this was 2012 I want to say uh, and one of my favorite Tarantino endings for sure uh, Django Unchained okay yeah it's uh yeah again without going to spoilers it's uh I'm trying to compare it to like other Tar- Tarantino's endings are usually pretty not like abrupt but like you know he doesn't draw them out there's no usually like epilogue or anything it's just right. like you know here's the end of your movie in credits usually has good music playing at the end or whatever but yeah I really love Django and Chain's ending uh, especially because he does a thing where it's I'm not getting into spoilers, but let's just say he, he does something that I wouldn't like it if most directors do it, which is playing a scene at the end of the film that happened earlier in the movie, but you didn't actually see it happen. That's almost like a flashback oh. you didn't see, but I like the way he incorporated it into this ending. So let's just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. Um, like when I when I came up with this list too, um, at least like when I was because again when I was whittling down my list, I tried to not have duplicate directors on the list. I wanted okay. to, well, but could you have? Like, oh yeah, oh for sure. Like my top fifteen or twenty list definitely had like three or four films from the same director on okay. it. But I tried to you know give a little more diversity to the list. So, uh, but but I am gonna just break that rule for this one because I feel like these two really stand out to me. Are they Nolan films? Yeah, of course they are. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so one is the prestige. One is the prestige. Obviously, it has to be the prestige. Like that ending is. It, it, you watch that movie, you see the ending, and you instantly want to just like watch the movie all over again. That's like, like that just, was like six cents for me. Yeah, I rented that movie, and then it was late at night. And my mm-hmm. mom, mom watched it, and it's like we have to watch this again, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yep. I love I love movies that have a, a crazy like a twist that you could have foreseen like i don't like guessing twists in movies like i like to be surprised like obviously if you, i if i see something in a read movie the plot before you watch no, the movie you're talking never about, surprised i'm not talking about reading like, yes i can read spoilers before i'm talking about if i'm watching a movie that i haven't seen before i don't know anything about and i i know something's going on like the director's foreshadowing something yeah, sending something like, but i don't want to just like keep turning the wheels over my head because i want to just enjoy the movie for what it is i don't want to be thinking about all these like theories and and plot holes and stuff so and then usually an ending and then when an ending blows me away with an awesome twist i'm like okay now i want to go back and watch the whole thing again so i can think about what i just saw and now incorporate it into the other scenes that make a little more sense right not to say that the procedure is confusing at all but it does throw a wrench at you in the last 10 minutes or so right that really makes you rethink a lot of what you've yeah. seen so and again, that's another one that's based on a book. Yeah. I don't know how faithful it is to the book. I've heard that. I think he's say pretty faithful. He obviously had to cut some things yeah. out for time, but I don't think he like, changed the ending or anything. I think he pretty much adapted it the Such way it the was. Yeah. yeah. And the other uh, Nolan one would obviously be his first, his which was Memento. Yeah. yeah. Memento was just... Ugh. You talked about the recently, how much you love it. So. Yeah. But that, again, that ending is just... I don't remember it at all. You know, what's my, what's my pet peeve about movies and endings? With. They're going on too long. Like when a director, whenever I'm watching a movie and I see a scene and I'm like, perfect, now let's just cut to black or do whatever you got to do and just end it right there. And then, the they, soprano. and then they go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's a bit of an extreme situation, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like when a movie goes on five, ten minutes longer than it needs to, and I'm not talking about like a, a Lord of the Rings, Return of the King type thing where it's like five different endings and the movie oh, just keeps yeah. going. Like that, I get why they do stuff like that because they want to have closure for all the characters. Yeah. I'm talking about more like when a movie has a, a perfect ending point. Like, I'll give you a good example, Inception. but we're not going to spoil. We're going to spoil. I'll give you a good example of a movie I thought could have ended maybe like two minutes earlier and would have been a, 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 a would have went from an eight or an eight plus ending for me would be like Man on Fire, okay. Denzel Washington. Yeah. Again, I'll get into spoilers, but anybody who's seen it might know what I'm talking about. My, I, one of my biggest pet peeves is movies that end and and uh, Unbreakable was also guilty of this. Movies that end with like text, like a text or some oh, kind of like epilogue. Like I get that for documentaries, like but exactly, not for... exactly, like so, like something like Spotlight. Or yeah. uh, the other one I watched the, recently, Dark Waters. Yeah, Dark Waters. Like, yeah. yeah, when you're talking about a real life, when you're trying to update people on real life events, yeah. that's different. When we have a fictional Fiction, movie yeah. though, where you have text at the end explaining what happens to these characters, I don't need that. Like, just give me. Like, just it sounds me like it feels like you were too lazy to go and do that yourself. I don't even care if you didn't. It. I don't even care if you didn't film the scenes you're talking about. But just it, it's usually unnecessary context, especially yeah. at the end of Unbreakable. The text on that was just ridiculous as to what happens between the Bruce Willis Samuel Jackson characters at the end. Any any viewer can discern what's going to happen just from watching the scene. They don't need to be spoon fed the information through text. It wasn't even like a sequel kind of thing either. It was just right. Like, yeah, it's not like the sequel came out like two years later killer. or anything. Yeah. And again, so again, I felt like Man of Fire was guilty of that too. Like it should have ended a couple minutes earlier, but it went on just to kind of give some more closure, I guess, to one of the antagonists. But anyway, that, that's just but so yeah, for me, that's what I love about Nolan's films. I mean, you could talk about um, obviously you talk about Memento. You could talk about any of the Batman films, Inception. Uh, Inception's ending I did like I don't like yeah. that movie but the, the ending in the theater I remember just everybody going like <gasps> well, yeah. well he's uh, Nolan's infamous for having an ending where he just like character says something because character says or does something and then cut to black immediately yeah so like, I, no... even though I, I have no interest in going to theaters to see it I'm curious about Tenant. Like, oh yeah how that see that is one movie that I'm going on a spoiler blackout for I'm trying my best to avoid anything well, on we it. don't know if it's going to come into theaters here yet do we 
I'm pretty sure it's going to come. I mean, now the theaters are opening up around here again, and we're actually getting new releases. But are out. we getting it like this September third? I, like, I think they US? said we're, we're getting it. We're getting it at the same time as the international market. Oh, is. we get the August one. Okay. So, yeah. That's soon then for you. Yeah, I know. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. So, like I said, Memento and the Prestige on my list for sure. For sure. Um, uh, another one, you know, this is this would be definitely a uh, an underrated gem for me. Uh, one that most people don't know about, unless I. But anybody who knows me knows I've talked about this movie so much they probably want me to shut up about it. But it's 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 a movie that was I don't remember how I really came across it because it came out in I think '06, and uh, I remember seeing it in theaters with actually a high school friend of mine. Him and I went to see it in the, maybe we just went to the oh. movies and we were like I don't know it's got a good cast trailer looked good eh, let's check it out. But it wasn't anything that was on my radar right. But I remember leaving this theater and being like that is one of the best endings I've ever seen. Uh, for reasons I won't go into now, but I could easily like talk about for probably twenty minutes. Uh, Smoking Aces. I was gonna say that. I yeah. should have just said it, but yeah. I mean, yep. Yeah, it's a movie that a lot of people. If I mention it to them, they'd be like, "I've never heard of that. What is it about?" And really, it's kind of hard to. Well, I guess it's like not that hard to sum up the basic plot, Kill. but um, yeah, that movie goes off the rails in the second half, and the ending uh, surprisingly is. Um, like, when I say ending, I mean the last 10 minutes of the film was all amazing. When the final, like, two to three minutes, and even the final shot, again, we're another director who knows when to cut to an ending, mm. and the music choice they used, it was amazing. Um, I always recommend that one to anybody. I think that, yeah, that, I one, that one might be on Netflix, so check it out. Is it really? Yeah, I think. Oh. Or it used to be anyway. But uh, and, and again, so the more recent, most recent one I have on this list here, which was from 2016, uh, and I've mentioned it before on this podcast, I know, is Hell or High Water. Oh yeah, yeah. I love, I love that ending. Yeah, I know for many different reasons too. Why. That that ending doesn't necessarily fit on the other examples I have on this list in terms of an ending that doesn't like. I'm not saying the ending is drawn out, or it's, it's not. I'm not saying the ending is drawn out or anything. There's definitely there's definitely a clear endpoint, a climax of the film, yep. and but it's not it's not like a cut to the black type thing. Uh, it, the movie ends literally with the last six minutes or so, there's two characters talking, but the dialogue is so good. And the implications, like the, the the way these two characters, which again I won't get into spoilers yet, but these two characters talking to each other, and what they're implying is going to happen after the basically after the film was ended for the viewers' sake. I loved it. I just I thought it was such a, you know, for a movie that had you know a lot of it had not a lot it had a lot it had violence in it and and obviously deaths and some uh, some pretty intense situations. I uh, just to end with two characters just talking and you and your head pointing together like okay what's going to happen for these two characters in the near future because they're both out for blood but they're both smart about it you know so and it's implied to the viewer what's going to happen right but i just i love i love that ending um yeah like i said that, that's my short list um of movies endings that, that i can just and i've seen those movies all probably at least eight or nine times some of them more than ten times for sure so I, I can just replay the whole innings in my head I can hear all the dialogue I can hear the music <laughs> I can picture the final shots it's just I'll go on YouTube sometimes just randomly look up these innings just because they're so good yeah um, that's my short list of those ones like I said I, I will go into detail on a few more of them in, in another podcast uh, but uh, anything specifically stand out to you no I, I think I've actually seen all those movies yeah um, so and you agree, I do, you, 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 even if you don't agree with, with my decision, you, you can probably understand why I like a lot of them. Yes, I do. Knowing my, well, as I've already mentioned, my, my taste, my pet peeves and endings, I like the way stories are I handled. I still like Sixth Sense ending better than all those. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was trippy at the time, yep. for sure. Like, that was something different that was like, 
you have to watch it again. Um, I like Saw's ending a bunch too. Oh yeah, for Saw sure. Yeah, one. Saw is definitely one of the best um, horror endings in the last you know couple decades. I've been trying to think of like an animated film though that I love the ending of, like a Pixar hmm. film, and I couldn't think of one that stood out to me as a great ending. Like how, a lot of it's how sequel did, bait. How did Wally end? Wally didn't end with any kind of sequel bait. I don't think. Well, it was more about like, hey, life can be on Earth again. We are mm-hmm. on the ship though, and people are trying to walk. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I see. Yeah, like I'm trying to remember like the final shot of Wally. I think yeah. it was the people tr- like the ship coming back to Earth and, because it had to oh, land, and, they, and the people get off. And yeah, they, they kind of probably, probably like zooms out to the sky or something. You see all the trash still. Yeah, like, okay. I don't know. It's a rebuilding project, yeah, but nobody really knows what to do anymore. Um, and up didn't really end in a crazy way. Like I love that movie, yeah. but it didn't end in a super way. I think the only the only Pixar ones to me that seem drawn out are usually the Toy Story ones or the more recent Toy Story ones. Yeah, so, like, the sure. Toy Story one was fine. Yeah, but I still remember three and four being pretty drawn out. And three, I get because you have the whole thing. I mean, spoilers for anyone who's seen Toy Story three. Like, come on, it's it's probably part of your childhood by now. But Andy's saying goodbye to the toys. Yeah, I get why they they did that. That had to be drawn out a bit. Yeah, but. Yeah, I couldn't think of, or even any Disney animated film, like, mm. nothing stands out as being, like, super ending. That's all. I like those twisty-turny endings, I guess, is <laughs> my thing. Uh, yeah, I'm not necessarily saying I always need a twist ending to, to enjoy an ending. Uh, I just... Like, Inception also, I like the ending, and I don't like that whole movie. <laughs> but the ending is like a... Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I like movies also, I like movie endings that just end on... A character, like usually the camera is just stationary, set set across from a character, whether they're sitting at a table, a desk, you know, whatever. And usually, just they'll say something. The camera will linger on them for ten yeah, seconds or then, so. Boom. Yeah, exactly. And a great example of that. And here's an, here's an ending. here's an ending that's really divisive. I remember seeing it in theaters again. I, was, I think I was in high school. Wait, I would have been no. Uh, it came out in 2007. I would have been in high school, but uh, I remember seeing it with high school friends. But uh, definitely one of the most divisive endings. Uh, for people that uh, are like, oh, really, like that's it, and then even my even myself when I saw it to me the first time, I was like, uh, I was like huh, okay, so it just kind of ended like that. And then after I rewatched the film many more times, I'm like, okay, I get it now. It's No Country for Old Men. That movie literally ends with like, again the example I'm saying is you have Tommy Lee Jones sitting at his kitchen table in his well mm, in his kitchen, I should yes. say, He's talking to his wife. Spoilers again for anybody who hasn't seen this yet, but I mean, come on, again, this movie's so revered, you must have seen it by now. Uh, and you're not going to get what I'm talking about anyways with this context, but Tommy Jones is sitting at his kitchen table talking to his wife, talk, talk, talking to her about a dream he had involving his father. And he mentions this dream, and then at the very end of this, he, he's explaining to his wife, and at the very end he says, and then I woke up. And then he kind of like looks at her, and then the camera focuses on him. You can kind of see in his eyes that he's just absorbing this you know, this dream that he had and everything else that's, that's happened to him over the events of the movie, and then it cuts to black. Mm-hmm. And it's not a very satisfying ending. If, I don't care what anybody says. The first time you watch that film, it's not going to be a satisfying ending because the events that lead up to the end of that film are awesome. And you keep expecting there to be a little bit more to it, but then you realize that's why the movie is called No Country for Old Men because just trying, mm-hmm. he's trying to emphasize that he's too old for this stuff now. He's out of the game. He can't keep up with these kind of criminals. He's, right. and there's all, there's more to it than that. I'm very, very, very simple analysis of the ending, but, um, and that one is definitely true to the book too. That is how the book ended too. It's not like, but it didn't need to be drawn out. There didn't need to be an epilogue or any other kind of text, God forbid, to explain what happened <laughs> to the characters over the rest of the film. Like, he lived 10 more years. He quit the forest this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like, I like those endings where it just focuses on a character for five or ten seconds and they don't say anything. You just let what they said absorb into your mind and you, you see, you judge their reaction. Like, I, know, I think I mentioned this before, a great example of an ending I love that does that is, uh, I mentioned it probably a couple podcasts ago, uh, Michael Clayton, yep. the George Clooney one. The movie ends with him getting into, uh, after a very intense final ten minutes of the week. film. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was. <laughs> he gets into a taxi cab at the end of the film. Yeah. And he just tells, the, he tells the, and the driver asks, you know, where you go, and he says, just drive. Because he just wants to think and absorb what just happened to him over the last few events of the film, yeah. right? And so then the, the the credits are playing over. And he's just driving. And, and they're just driving. There's no dialogue. And I don't think any, well, there's maybe some, like, soft music in the background. Right. But not, like, any, like, lyrics or anything. Right. Uh, and yeah, but you're just focusing on Clooney's face the whole time. Because in his mind, you just see his eyes moving around. You see him thinking and just like processing what's happened to him and I love stuff like that um, it's different yeah I don't know I just again I know I mentioned this before but to me movie endings obviously a movie ending can make or break an experience but for me it can make me it can make or break my desire to ever want to rewatch it or to analyze it further you know what I mean if a movie ends badly, even if I like bad taste in your mouth. Even, even if I like eighty percent of the film, if it ends badly, I'm gonna be like, "That's what you're gonna remember. Gonna, That's what you're gonna tell yeah, your friends." Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to watch that again. I, you know, yeah, I don't really want to analyze it any further. But a movie, a movie like Memento, a movie like The Prestige, even something like Hell or High Water recently, I want to go back and rewatch them over and over just so I can really appreciate those that those final 10, 15 minutes and and how it just perfectly culminates. I guess like it wraps up those arcs. You know what I mean? Because those movies I, all I mentioned too, they all they're all very. Yeah, there's a start and an end to the stories. Yeah, none of them have sequel bait. None of them are cliffhangers. Yeah. That kind of thing, right? Not to say I don't like movies with cliffhangers. If there's, as long as you're gonna actually have, like, if you're gonna make a movie with a cliffhanger, that other movie better be coming out in like two or three years. <laughs> I'm not waiting ten years for a cliffhanger movie. You know what I mean? Like, that's just my my thing. But yeah. So again, that's my short list for now. I will go into more detail and I'll give you my comprehensive list another day. But I just want to kind of sum up those top movies for now. Understood. And, and I might want to go rewatch one of them soon. Because <laughs> now I'm jonesing again. Uh-huh. But, I mean, as always, anybody listening out there, we appreciate it. I hope you enjoy anything we talk about. <laughs> uh, we're going to wrap it up tonight. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Stay safe out there. And we will be back next week. Boys. Bye. Bye.